gang. Here's to nights that turn into mornings and friends that turn into family. Cheers! Hello, hello, and welcome to the Friendship IRL podcast. I'm your host, Alex Alexander. My friends, they would tell you, I like to ask the hard questions. You know who I am in the group. I'm the person that's saying, okay, I'm going to ask this question, but don't feel like you have to answer it. And now I can be that friend for you too. I was recording a podcast the other day with somebody else, and they asked me if you want to get started at making new friends and putting yourself out there, what books or podcasts or resources would you suggest to those people? And I wanted to answer their question with a book or with a resource, but I pretty immediately knew I couldn't. My answer to that question is, This is one of those areas of life where you just kind of need to go out there and do it. You need to be a beginner. You need to be a little uncomfortable. You have to get used to navigating these situations. Now, I'm not saying you need to go out there and be the most extroverted person and say hi to every person on the street. Do this in a way that feels right to you, but whatever that is, whether it's being more engaged in virtual communities or getting to know some more people at your work or at your school, whether it's joining a meetup group, a club, a sports league, making and maintaining friends is a habit. It's a skill set. It's something that you develop. And I think that no episode I've recorded so far illustrates that as much as today's episode. You're going to hear Disha talk about, I mean, things that are not beginner level, (laughs) not beginner level, but in practice, in meeting new people regularly, she now has the ability to make big life choices like moving or traveling solo and not worry about where she's going to make friends or who's going to be there because she's made friends and maintained friendships and met new people so many times that she trusts that when she goes out there and does the things she wants to do, she'll meet people while she's doing it. I'm really excited for you to hear today's episode. It is full of so many real life examples of what it's like to put yourself out there, whether that's in virtual communities or in your everyday life and build the friendships that you want. So with that, let's get to today's episode. Hi, Disha. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Thanks. (laughs) We were just joking about how I would have absolutely butchered Disha's name and you were saying like, it's okay. And your spelling is unique. So we'll give people that. My maiden name is chalk, like chalkboard. Yeah. And people used to just go wild with what they would pronounce it as. And I'd be like, it's just like sidewalk chalk. Yeah. So at least your name, (laughs) I guess maybe looks a little 
unique. Yeah, yeah. It auto corrects to death. So that's fun. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I've heard all sorts of variations and emails that go, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> Don't worry. So every new friend of yours must correct autocorrect immediately so yes. that they don't send text messages that say, hey, death. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I guess, you know what? Note to self for people that are going to have future kids, type your kid's name into the exactly. phone and see what it autocorrects as before you decide. <laughs> right? <laughs> We didn't have this issue when I was born. <laughs> no, no. But for future generations, <laughs> yeah, just take that into consideration. Well, I'm really excited that you're here today. And I'm excited because meeting people online is something that is more attainable, quote unquote, right? There's multiple platforms and places and groups and Facebook and communities and whatever. Like it's endless. But what I hear quite often is, that's great, but how do I turn those people into quote-unquote real friends? I've done it, you've done it, and I think it's really a skill set that is important for people to figure out because of the day and age that we live in where you should type your kid's name and <laughs> to autocorrect, but also just like where people are meeting people on apps and groups and platforms. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your story and the friends that you've met online? Yeah, I have quite a few friends. And I was actually on holiday with another friend of mine recently, last month, and I met her in a Facebook group. So I was telling her about this podcast. We actually met in a Facebook group over COVID. So in 2020, she had just moved to the area and she was looking for friends. And I was like, hey, I need friends. So we went on like a socially distanced coffee date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I did and, that with a few people. Right? And mm-hmm. when I was telling people these things, they're like, you go on dates with friends? I'm like, yeah, because you need to know if they're going to be a real friend or a weird friend. Like, yeah, some yeah, people if you, just if you hit it off or not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you have to find out these things. Yeah. So I've met people like that who live in my local town. I have also met some friends that I'm meeting up. One is actually flying in next month to come and stay with me for six weeks in the UK. And she's Canadian. She and I met a couple of years now online. And we both are in the same space. We're both online coaches, business coaches. And we just connected and we zoomed for years and I flew out to Canada last year to go and stay with her and I remember telling my dad that and he was like so where are you going I'm like oh I'm gonna fly to Canada and go and stay with my friend Jody and he was like okay where did you meet her I'm like I haven't actually met her in real life just uh-huh. online he's like and you're gonna fly across the world and stay in her house I'm like yeah yeah that's happening and he was like well what if she's a weirdo I'm like well we have zoomed literally every week for years. So she's probably not a weirdo, but you never know, right? We're all a little weird. Right? We got on so well that I'm hosting a retreat in Italy for some of my clients. And Jody was like, I want to go to Italy. So she booked a flight over from Canada to mine. And then we're going to go to Italy together. 
And then she's going to come back to mine for a few weeks. We'll do some work. And then we're going to go to Israel because some of her family are Israeli. And she was like, do you want to come to Israel, meet some of my family in Israel? And I'm like, yes, yes, I do. So we're going to go stay with her family in Israel, (laughs) which again, I have never met. No, none of them. I was like, sure, that sounds fun. So we're going to Israel for a week and then she'll come back and hang out in the UK for a few more weeks before she flies back to Canada. I just love that people are doing things like this in real life. This isn't some movie. Like you're really meeting people and flying across the world and staying. This makes me think of The Holiday, right? That movie where they like swap houses and then they become friends. It's it's different. I get that. But kind of that idea of like, you're just making the moves. You're just gonna, you know, you flew to Canada and stayed with her. Like, why not? Let's try it. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing to lose. It's a free holiday. Let's do it. So when you met online and then you Zoomed as part of a business connection, how long were you online only friends before you decided to meet up in person? I mean, probably two years. It was over the pandemic too, right? So in Canada was a bit weird for all that stuff too. So there wasn't any opportunity to go. We had talked about going to Costa Rica earlier before Mm. the pandemic hit and the world closed down. Then we were like, well, I'll just fly to Canada. So at least I can get there. But yeah, so probably a few years before we like flew internationally to hang out. But we talked about all sorts. Like she knows everything about my disastrous love life over the years. Everything to do with you're sharing the real things, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. You know, when you hang out with somebody every week, you're sharing everything, Mm -hmm. yeah. I have a friend that I meet with, we've been meeting for gosh, I think six years. I think six years. We started as like a business accountability group, and people have come and gone and rejoined and left again. And we've stayed constant this entire time. And that is the foundation of our weekly meeting. But when you meet with someone every week, you know, I know about her kids and I know about her family vacation. And sometimes I know about how therapy was really hard. And like it's that consistency, I think. And, you know, that consistency is created by just picking the time and showing up every week. Like, it's so magical what that can do versus depending on the, you know, I'm going to text her. And to a lot of people, it's like the, she didn't text me the last three times. So I'm not going to do that. Like, there's something to be said about how fast you can build a friendship if you just pick a time, put it on the calendar and show up more often than not. Absolutely. I think people try to overcomplicate friendships a lot. Mm -hmm. Like when people say, and I've seen this happen a lot in Facebook groups and communities where people are like, oh, well, they didn't text me back. I'm like, Mm -hmm. so text them again. I mean, that just might be me, but I'm like, hey, you said you were going to be my friend. So I'm going to, something's obviously happened to your end because we're still friends. I made that decision. So I'm going to keep texting you until you text me back. Yeah, I agree. It's like wanting to be wanted. Probably. I don't know why people have that feeling. To me, it's like if I'm noticing that somebody hasn't texted, I want to text them. One, they probably have something in life going on. It's probably not me. Yeah. And two, maybe that's just not their skill set. Maybe their skill set is like I have a friend like this. 
I'm normally the one that has to chase her down to get together. But when we do, I kind of just set the time and move on. She normally plans literally everything we do and she makes it so fun and she puts so much thought into it. So like that's kind of her role and my role is actually getting it on our calendar. Yeah. And I don't sit there thinking, well, she didn't text me. Like there's probably something you're not doing that your friend is doing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm flying to a friend's wedding in a couple of months actually. And I met her many years ago, but she's that person that never texts you back. But she was living in Thailand for a while and I just texted her and was like, hey, I'm in Thailand. I'm coming to stay at yours. She's like, cool. I'll pick you up from the airport. Like, that's that. But we wouldn't speak for like years. Yep. <laughs> but when you're together, it's like, no, time has passed, isn't it? Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but there is something to be said, right, about the virtual friends. I almost feel like it's easier to create that consistency, like, because for a while until you booked your flight to Canada, really your only option was the online connection, whether it's messaging or the weekly Zoom dates. Like actually now that I'm thinking about it, there's something, what does it say? Like the best, like you're the most creative when you have constraints, like when you have boundaries to what you can create, that's when you create the best end product. And so now I'm listening to this, what we're talking about it, and I'm like, wait, maybe this is actually a great thing because you don't even have the pressure of a another type of connection for a while. So you just focus on like the two things. I hadn't thought of that. Interesting. I wonder if there's something to that. I think meeting on a Zoom call every week means that it's in your calendar and there's no, yes. will we, won't we? Because I think in real life, when you're meeting a person, there is so many variables to whether that meeting can actually happen, whether that be kids or family or work or whatever, whether you're even down to traffic, right? Whereas online, it's like, well, I'm free right now. So, Mm -hmm. or I'm not. Yeah. That's it. It's in the calendar. I'm going to be free. Yeah. I've tried this with other friends, like to replicate because that friend I've had every week Right? Like the not having to plan removes a huge piece of the, like I call it friendship admin, like the work. You've just yeah. done it once. And really, the only thing is if you can't make that week, you let them know, but you don't have to reschedule because you just know the next week you'll be there. Yeah. There's no questions. It's like, can't make this week. See you next week. Moving on. And I have tried with other friends, and maybe it just hasn't stuck because it might be because of the number of variables, but I've tried kind of like, okay, let's connect in one way or another Tuesdays at 9 a.m., whether that's a phone call or an in-person or a text, but then you still are having to like pick every week what you're doing. Yeah, I think you have to stick to the same thing. I have talked about this idea before of creating recurring gatherings or calls or text message times or whatever it is, basically just getting rid of the need for one person to constantly be the initiator or both people. Because that's invisible labor. Like it is work. I want to validate you. It is work to remember that you haven't talked to your friend in a while and then initiate or think of a thing you might want to do together. Like That is work. 
So something that can be helpful for that is removing some of that repetitive work and just setting up something that repeats. Now you can do this two ways. You can pick a date or a cadence and an activity. So you can say, hey, Sundays at seven, let's get together and watch a movie. You know what you're going to do. They come over to your house. You just have to pick a movie when you get there and you could just do that by opening whatever streaming platform you want. This cadence doesn't have to be weekly. It could be yearly. We get together for that trip the first weekend of August every year and you camp at the same campsite. So you don't have to think about it. You also can just pick the date. So you can say that first Friday of every month we get together or we have a phone call or whatever. But doing that does leave some additional work because you have to figure out what you're going to do. And then where I see a lot of people get into trouble is that they don't discuss whose job that is. Like, is one friend always picking what you do? Are you taking turns? Is it like every month? And I know that seems silly, but having that conversation can save so many friendships from so many frustrations because we're setting expectations. There's a final way that I've talked about creating recurring things, which I call it like creating a series, but it's kind of more of just an open invite. So you decide, maybe not necessarily with one friend, that you are going to open your house up. I saw a TikTok about this, like every Sunday morning for people to stop by for coffee from eight to nine. And they can just stop on by if they feel like it. Now, that isn't exactly connecting with one friend or another, but it is creating the expectations with your friends that you are available during that time. Another option could just be, hey, I love to connect with people Sunday mornings while I drink my coffee. I will pretty much always answer between 8 to 10 a.m. And if you knew that about a friend and you also happen to have that time available, wouldn't it feel a little easier to pick up the phone and call? It would remove those doubts about whether they have time or not, because the likelihood is they do. Another friend of mine who's in the UK and we met online, again, she has a very similar business to me. She lives about three hours away, but we check in almost every day on WhatsApp. Like, what are you doing today? We do co-working sessions. So what we do is jump on Zoom and sit in silence. Yeah, I do that with some people. <laughs> yeah, just to have that accountability in the morning, check in, are you working today? What's going on with you today? What are you working on? Those sorts of things, just to have that sort of accountability. And she's actually the person that I'm running the retreat with in Italy next month because mm-hmm. we have such a connection with our, our clients crossover so much that we were like, well, sure, let's just do something together and run this retreat together. And it works really well. We both have different skill sets and we're, Worth checking, and now we get to travel together too. And you're doing that about business, but parents could do that about parenting. Or I did an episode a while back on somebody started a Marco Polo group. If you're to the Marco Polo app, yes, with like a bunch of ladies from her church, and the premise was that you shared your favorite things. This is a very simple thing, right? Like if you're walking through your house and you really like something, you just share it with the group for a minute or two. 
but the consistency of everybody kind of like trying to share something every day over time has built this really beautiful friend group. Oh, beautiful. That one's such a great example. Same with Zoom and the online groups. These are all just tools. Yeah. They're all just tools. The apps, the Marco Polo, Zoom. I mean, even text messages, phones, like they're all tools. It's the skills and habits behind them that are actually building the friendship. You know, you can, I mean, what is it? You can download a, a million apps and still not feel like you have the friendships you want. You can buy all the workout equipment and it can sit in the gym room and never be touched and nothing's going to change. Like they're all just tools. It's what you do with them. Yeah. Now you've mentioned it, actually, the girl's house that I'm currently staying at and helping out. I met her in a Facebook group many years ago. Mm. <laughs> and it was because we had a You're mutual... Just taking online friendships and making them real, like left and right in your life. I bet yeah. you if you kind of made a list, you probably have a lot. Yeah. It's something I do often. And when people, like I'm having conversations with people, they're like, you have a a lot of friends all over the place, like all over the world. Mm -hmm. And that's because I make an effort with people all over the place and I'm constantly making new friends. And I think as adults, you stop making new friends Mm -hmm. at a point. And Mm -hmm. it's so easy to stay in the same sort of friendship group. And people I meet, especially people I date, men specifically, they they're like, well, I have my friends that I met when I was at college mm-hmm. or university or whatever. And that's that. I'm like, but they all have kids by now and uh, jobs and other things. Like, and you have different hobbies. What do you do now? Like, who do, who do you hang out with? I'm like, that just seems strange to me. Yeah. Society has really fed us this myth that one, we're supposed to make our friends young and then keep them forever. And if we are able to do that, we're somehow better friendlier, better friends, better... like That is the success version, which, I mean, throw that out. I hate that. But the other thing is when you're kids, you make friends where you are, like where your parents chose or your caregivers chose to live. You go, whether they chose for you to be homeschooled or in the public school, whether they chose to be nomadic, whatever they choose, that's how you make friends the community groups they go to, it gets a very long period of your life where you really don't have a lot of choice in the people you're surrounded by. And I think as adults, we forget that. And when I was listening to you talk about how you made all these friends online, it's like you have really consciously chosen that your interests and areas of your life, you're going to put yourself in groups and places with other people and then pursue those friendships and like take control of the connections you're building for yourself. Well, I think as a human, you evolve, right? So I yes. am not friends with anybody that I went to school with at all. I might have them on Facebook maybe, but I haven't seen them in very long time and nor do I talk to them ever because I think I have changed so much as an individual since that point in time that we wouldn't have anything in common anymore. Like I spent five years traveling and most people who grew up in the town that I live in wouldn't even fathom going on holiday outside of Europe. Right. So it, 
seems baffling to them that I would spend five years just with a backpack mm-hmm. on my own out into the world. So they run out of things to then talk about and have a conversation with. And the same with like your enjoyments and your hobbies change. So why not make new friends all the time when you're out doing stuff? The girl I'm living with currently, her and I met over running. Yep. And we actually didn't even run together. We ran like once or twice and then we'd end up just going out in our running gear to the coffee shop. <laughs> like, we're technically running, right? Sort of. We we got dressed to go for a run and then we we're like, we'll just go for coffee. It was kind of the excuse. It was the easy, I talk about this a lot, like find the things that are that feel comfortable to ask. So it felt comfortable in the beginning to ask, hey, do you want to go for a run? Because you both knew you did that. And that was like the reason you initiated contact. Yeah. And if you hadn't had that or found that, you would have been less likely to ask to spend time together to get to know each other. And over time, as you learn more about each other, you don't need that anymore because you find other things and you start to actually enjoy each other and like admit that and connect over that. So at a certain point, it's fine to say, hey, I miss you. Do you want to get together for coffee? But in the beginning, that would, you know... Yeah. The second time, that would be a little weird. So you have to say, do you want to go for a run? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Her husband came and joined us one day on the, because he was like, you girls aren't running. You're in the coffee shop, aren't you? We were like, yes, yes, we are. <laughs> Just come and join us. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever yeah. it took, right? Whatever it took to get that friendship off the ground, even if it was putting on the running shoes that you didn't really use. That's fine. Real quick, because you know I love when we have real life examples of roots, this was full of it. First of all, the conversation about like people you grew up with, right? You have outgrown who you were when you were friends with those people. So in order to continue friendships when you've gone off and traveled the world and (laughs) become this totally different person would require putting in the work to work through the fact that so many of your roots, the things you know about each other, the ways you act in the world are gone. They've they've withered, they've died. You have to put in work to build new ones. So if really the only thing holding your friendship together was the fact that you grew up in the same place, that may not be enough. So instead, Disha's gone out and taken her interests, her passions, her life experiences and sought out people with similar shared experiences and shared interests. She's looked for those roots, the things that she is interested in connecting over. And then this running example, that shared experience route was the reason it was comfortable, even though it's kind of uncomfortable, to reach out to a new friend and say, hey, I know we both like running. Do you want to run? That's a lot easier when you've just met somebody than saying, hey, I really enjoyed talking to you. Like that feels a little vulnerable. It's easier to have this shared experience that you can do together. But in doing that, it becomes apparent really quickly that you connect, that you enjoy each other's company. So then it's easier to say over time, hey, I just really enjoy spending time to get with you, which is a story route. Do you want to get together? And maybe it doesn't matter as much what you do because you're going to sit around and just enjoy your time together. But initially, it's a lot to admit you 
just enjoy each other's company and that's why you should spend time together. I'm not saying you can't do that. I'm saying that that discomfort, the vulnerability that that takes quite often stops people from nurturing that connection that they really enjoyed. So instead, centering it on the shared experience or shared interest for a lot of people is a much easier way to get a friendship off the ground. When you decided to go to Canada, was it just like, hey, come to Canada, you can stay with me moving on? Were there any conversations about it? And I'm asking that because I think a lot of people are going to hear that and have like anxiety about the thought of staying with someone that they don't really know when I'm saying that in air quotes because you definitely knew her. Yeah. No, there wasn't really any conversation about me staying somewhere else. It was just come to Canada and stay with me. Like, of course, that sounds good. I booked flights and I was like, that's so so cheap. When do you want me to come? <laughs> it was just super easy. Then there's always that thought that it's going to be really awkward. Mm-hmm. And I, I was actually on the on a Zoom call with her the other day and my boyfriend was cooking for me. So he was overhearing our conversation when we were talking about her coming over. And she was like, well, I've got a return flight booked like six weeks out. She's like, but I might stay longer, you know, see how we go. And he was like, she's going to live here forever, isn't she? Like, <laughs> Maybe. Like, yeah, she's not going home. <laughs> she's, she was like, I could stay for like eight weeks or maybe 10 weeks. We'll just play it by air and see. And he's like, I'm just never going to get your house to myself again, am I? No, no, sorry. You're, you're like, now. no, if, if this was a successful mission, by the end of this, I will have convinced her to just move, move and be our neighbor. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm going to go walk through my building and knock on the doors and be like, hey, um, are you moving out anytime soon? I have somebody who will take over your lease. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm going to convince her. Just come to terms with it. It's fine. She doesn't need Canada. It's fine. She can be no. English now. <laughs> if only. We all, we all wish that about our long-distance friends. Like, they'll come and be near us because Zoom is great, but it's so much fun to be together. Hence why when you're together for six weeks, you probably just want to keep it going. Exactly. Yeah. And when you're doing this, right? When you book the flight, when I guess that's a great segue. Like, when... She, you've already met each other. That first time, was there a lot of pushback from other people about you flying? You already mentioned this, that your dad was like, you're staying with her. But I guess, how do you approach all the pushback? Because a lot of what we talk about on this podcast is doing things that are a little outside the norm. And there's a lot of pushback, which then makes people question like, oh, should I be doing that yeah i think generally my life choices are outside of the box of most Mm. people's norm anyway so in my circle most people are like oh disha's doing something weird again cool (laughs) because my life choices tend to be a bit outside of what others would consider the norm which i'm okay with so generally people go that's a bit weird isn't it like yep (laughs) And (laughs) what is your point? And I think by owning it Mm -hmm. and not getting into that discussion, like I don't need anybody's opinion on the matter. I'm going to go and do it anyway. So by just saying, yeah, it's weird. And what's your point? 
like people go, oh, just be careful, I guess. Okay, cool. Thanks. Yep. Yeah. It's kind of that we could follow all society's boxes and yeah. we know the outcome. And obviously, it's not like you were just <laughs> going somewhere where you were worried about your safety. Like the your feeling of risk was very low. Yeah. You know, the greatest risk is... I don't know, I'm going to be like the messy roommate staying with her and she's going to be mad and I need to go stay in a hotel for two nights so we can reset yeah. or something. Like the, the risk is low. So I think that's something for everybody to remember is, yeah, it's outside the box, but what if it goes, what if it goes well? One of my philosophies, and I was talking about this recently to a friend, was that my theory on life is that I am probably not going to die. <laughs> so mm-hmm. if it is not going to kill me, then I'll probably be okay. And that's how I've done everything. Like that's how I've moved and got on one-way flights like mm. multiple times in my life, started businesses, bought houses, like done everything. Is it going to kill me? Probably not. So let's do it. And if you live your life being scared of what might happen, you'll never do anything. And then that surely is far more boring than just living life and maybe something will happen. Yeah, I have a friend, this was reminding me, I have a friend who is a, I mean, he's a finance guy. He's like a hedge fund manager or something. I don't know. He you know, invests in companies. And he was telling me that his company has a rule when they're trying to decide whether to make you know, $100 million deals about investing in certain companies or whatever, that they aren't allowed to start the meeting by talking about what could go wrong. They have to start the meeting talking about what happens if it goes right. And everybody has to like play into that for a little while. And by the, you know, midpoint end of the meeting, they can go through the, the risks. But you know, we need to spend more time starting with what could go right because when you play all that out, it might make the risks worth it versus flipping it, like starting with the risks and then yeah. throwing in like one nugget of how it might go right. Yeah. I mean, there have definitely been experiences when I've been traveling solo that if I had have thought of all of the risks that could have mm. gone wrong, I probably wouldn't have gone. And even in some of the moments, I thought, "Mm, probably shouldn't have survived that. Like, that was a risk, (laughs) even post it happening. But I did survive it, and it was fine. And nothing major, terrible happened, and I'm still alive. And I had an amazing experience through it. Whether that was a good experience or a bad experience, it was an experience that has shaped me (laughs) as a human. So I don't think there's any sort of... I don't really think there's any experience that once you have come through it can be seen as something that you would necessarily take out of your life because you've gone through it and that then forms you as a human moving forward. So go for it. What's the worst that could happen? So I love traveling too. We like to, you know, go wander around countries and end up in places that maybe tourists don't go to and it gets you know what it's like traveling we're not vacationing we're we're traveling and we definitely assess the risks and pay attention this is like an analogy for friendship but every time something goes wrong like for example 
This is an embarrassing story. We were flying home from Italy and we were flying out of Milan. We'd been there for like three weeks. I had booked us our hotel to fly out at Malpens, like the main Milan airport. We stayed at the airport. This is what makes it more embarrassing. Like in the airport hotel, because our flight was really early, got up feeling really good, going to check into our flight. Our flight is out of the other Milan airport. Oh, and that's really <laughs> far away, isn't it? It's like, uh-huh. yeah, a good few hours. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, no. And it was a scramble. I ended up being able to call the airline and explain the problem. And the lady was so kind. If I had this lady's address, I would send her the biggest gift basket because it only cost us like $200 to get on a flight 10 hours later. I don't know how I did that. But, you know, as in the moment, as much as that was uncomfortable and (laughs) unfortunate, I learned what happens, like who to call, because I called a bunch of wrong numbers trying to get through to the airline and our credit card and this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, I learned I will definitely be triple checking how many airports there are in a city and which (laughs) one we fly out of. So all of this to say, now I have more skills because something did go wrong. And I think taking these risks in friendship pay off the same way, right? If you flew and you went to stay with your friend for two weeks and it was more awkward or you got in a fight or whatever, that gives you the opportunity to figure out how to fix it so that the next time you have more information to work with. Yeah. I also think that friends sometimes friends are in your life for a season Mm -hmm. and it's okay to fall out with people. Like you don't have to be friends with a person for the rest of your life just because they were a friend for a moment in time. Like I think people worry too much about what if we fall out? Well, what if you do fall out? You'll find a new friend. I think it's, Mm -hmm. it's not the end of the world. And sometimes it's better to find a new friend that is more aligned with your life or where you're going in that particular moment than where you have been. I know I've had friends in the past that love to drink and party, for example. Mm-hmm. That's not my life now, yep. but that still is their life and no, no shade. That's great that they're very happy in that, but we just wouldn't have anything to talk about moving forward or do anything together. So we, I need to change my friendship circle and have new friends that do things. Yeah. Like that friendship either needs to have a new form where you do new things, right? You start running together where you don't run and you go to coffee shops or it's got to go. But no matter what, that version of like partying friendship is ending. And I think that is a great way to describe that. You know, somebody like you who's putting yourself actively out there in places, you're kind of like, by being so active online and meeting acquaintances and connecting with people, you're keeping your funnel full. Yeah. And that's not, mm, some people are going to hear that and be like, oh, well, so you're just, you know, planning (laughs) for your friendships (laughs) to fail. It's like, no, you're just keeping your overall social wellness, not hinging on one person. You enjoy those other people for the interests you share with them or the, the small ways you connect. If something happened to one of your closest friendships and it 
ended, not everything would have hinged on that. Like, yes, that would be a whole, but you still have other people to go connect with or do things with or talk to, even if it's not quite the same. Yeah. And I think there are people that I would go to for different things. Yes. Like there are people that I would go to who have done a lot of work on themselves, for example. Mm -hmm. And I would go to if I just needed somebody to listen to me because they could be in that space and be like, how does that make you feel? Like, what is that doing for you? Rather than other people you go to and they want to fix you. You know, you know, those type of people, how can we help you do that? And how can I help you fix this problem? Whereas sometimes you just need somebody to go listen to you whinge. I don't need anybody to fix it. Today, I just need somebody to listen to me whinge. And I have those people that I can be like, do you have the space for this? I just need to vent. And they go, okay, let's do it. Let's go. And other people you ring and they go, okay, what can we do to fix? You're like, I don't need that today. I don't want to fix anything. I just want to whinge about it for a second. It doesn't need fixing. Did you say winch about it? Whinge. Yeah. Winch. <laughs> That's a new one for me. <laughs> it's a great yeah, I've word. never heard that. Yeah. And I will say, you know, maybe I'll use it, but I don't even know where I'd use it. I'm really going to have to work hard to work that one in. Yeah. Just if you're whinging about something like your tea isn't hot enough or the weather, whinge about the weather one day or, you know, whatever. <laughs> Vent. I would say yes. vent about it. Do you say vent, whinge, vent, similar? I, okay. Yeah, it was similar. I would never use the word vent. I would always use the word whinge. All right. We're learning new things today. I love there this. There you go. <laughs> so it sounds like you have a very strong social wellness situation. You've put yourself out there. You've built these various friendships. You have close friends. You have people in different areas of your life. When you are in these online spaces in person. Do you ever worry, like, I don't have enough time to meet new people? How do you handle potential new connections? Again, this is like a thing that a lot of, a limiting belief that a lot of people have is, I don't have time to meet new people. I'm already full. And I think that totally depends on life circumstances. But do you have any thoughts on that as you're staying engaged in like your overall communities? There is a moment in time for everybody. So depending on what their role in your friendship is, mm -hmm. depends on when they would be, when you're communicating a lot with them. So I think I have some friends that I talk to a lot more than other friends, but it doesn't necessarily mean they have a bigger or a smaller part to play in my friendships. It just means that in that moment in life, we are busy humans and we haven't got that space for each other. One of the things I've recently done, I just relocated two hours south of where I used to live. And I was saying about making new friends in the, in the local area. And I don't know anybody mm. at all where I've just moved to. And some people are like, why would you move there if you don't know anybody? I'm like, because I'll just make new friends. It's not, mm -hmm. it's not hard. Why would you think that's hard? And, and people are like, well, I don't know. I've never made a new friend. But if, to me, moving somewhere completely new and making new friends, well, that's just easy. You'll just make new friends. That's not hard. That's because I think making friends is habits and skills and confidence to like take these little risks and put yourself out there. And if they don't pan out, it'll be okay because there's more people. Like it's mindset and we have to cultivate that in ourselves. And the only way to do it is to do it. Oh yeah. 
you can't. And once now you've done it enough times that you trust you'll be okay and you will figure it out. And there, that is so powerful because it allows us to make these other choices in our lives, like move to our self. Yeah. And I think people get caught up in what will others think. So I recently met a new local friend and I was like, oh, I'm going to go for a coffee with this girl I just met. And my boyfriend's like, that sounds like a date. I'm like, mm-hmm. no. Well, it sounds like a friendship date. He's like, that's weird. I'm like, that's because you don't make friends. <laughs> I'm going to go for a coffee with this girl and we're going to see if we like each other. That's that. And then we may go for dinner one day. We may not. We may not. Friendship is dating. Yeah. It is dating. And somehow, somewhere, we've been convinced that like, you know, we meet all these friends young and we date to find a romantic partner and then we're just done. Yeah. We don't ever have to put ourselves in that uncomfortable situation of trying to get to know a new person. And that is so false. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so false. I think it's fun to add new people into your world regularly because people have different perceptions. Mm-hmm. And I think often we can stay in our little circle and the world has changed so much that our circle can often be very narrow-minded. Mm-hmm. If you're living in the same town and all the rest of it, and you're not branching out, then having somebody else have a different perspective to things might broaden your horizons a little bit. And you think, well, I never thought of the world in that way. And just having that different perception, I think, makes you as a human a better human to be able to culturally listen to other people and get involved with other cultures and dynamics. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think seeing that different perspective that that person brings to your life as a valuable addition to your life because a lot of people you know don't see someone as valuable until they reach some like we're close friends they're my friend marker they can't even tell you what that is but anything before that isn't worth energy or time or, you know, all the times people say like, well, oh, they're just an acquaintance. Yeah. It's like, okay, (laughs) you know, you're so focused on what they aren't. Have you ever thought about what they are in your life? Yeah. I think we can learn so much from people. I think telling these stories and talking about, again, how people are doing this in their life, like it's really just a bunch of small actions that have compounded to give you the confidence to move two hours and not be worried about it, to fly across the world. And you can say to someone like, oh, I met this friend online and I'm going to fly to Canada. Without sharing kind of the the buildup of what got here, people are like, oh, well, that's impossible. (laughs) But when you hear it's just all these little things that added up, you're like, oh, okay, well, maybe I could have that in a couple years or in a year or yeah, you can get here. It's not really any big, grand, wild things that got you here. It's just a bunch of little actions that built these friendships. Yeah. I mean, my friend who I'm staying with currently, she literally wrote on a, a Facebook group that we were in, I am living here. I need one a running partner. I'm like, okay. Yeah, me too. Because who, when you're when you're interested in those things, I couldn't actually run at the time. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, I want to run. I could, can't actually run like two miles. But 
sure, I want a running partner. But she was the same. She was like, I want to get back into running. So we didn't need somebody who wanted to run a marathon. Yeah. <laughs> we just needed somebody who wanted to run around the park a few times. And that the finding somebody that's in that space, it's so easy to do if you are in communities, even local communities, and you just share at something that you want to do together mm-hmm. and say, look, I'm looking to get into running. You don't have to be a runner or I'm looking to do more walking. Mm-hmm. There's so many people with dogs that do the same thing, right? We have huge communities and I've met loads of people through having a dog. I think just go for a dog walk with a random stranger because at least you have some company then dog doesn't talk much well this is something i say a lot is like a lot of people are waiting for so if they want to run right they're waiting to find the running friend to do it so then they'll never do the thing they want to do they haven't put themselves in places where they're going to meet the running friend so you know you were saying to me earlier when we chatted that you solo traveled for five years And that's like such a great example of you could have said forever, I want a travel partner, but you just went and did the thing you wanted to do, which is a little scary and outside your comfort zone, probably at first, like, okay, here I go on my own. But doing that thing puts you in the place to meet the people who also want to do the thing. And you know how many people I speak to go, well, I can't go traveling because I don't have anybody to travel with. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, if you just wait for somebody to come traveling with, you ain't going to go traveling. Like, it's the same with people who want to date. I want to date, but I'd have to go out. I'm like, well, unless you're going to date the binman or the postman, you are not going to find a date. Like, you have to go out and do these things. Otherwise, nobody is coming to knock on your door. And I think I have been fiercely independent my entire life and been like, well, nobody's coming to save me. I'll just go and do it myself. Mm-hmm. And that has its pros and its cons, right? It's not, it's not all roses, right? But being able to just go, well, I just, I'm just going to go and do this. And I remember a few years ago, I went to Borneo and I booked flights on my own. I planned the entire trip and it was my dream trip. And the guy I was dating at the moment, at the time, was like, this sounds awful. I'm like, good, because I'm not asking you to come with me. I don't want you to come with me. This is my dream trip. And it was hiking up a mountain, like a two-day trek up a mountain, going living in the jungles and seeing wild orangutans and diving. And they were all the things that I really wanted to do in Borneo. And for some people, that the whole thing would have been awful. Yeah. So I was like, but this is what I want to do and I'm going to go and do it. And I made beautiful friendships all the way and I'm still friends with the people I met diving people I met in the jungle because I just did it to close this episode out if you were to give somebody who is feeling somebody probably listened to this episode and is realizing now that they have not taken any intentional action to cultivate the kind of friendships they want or the people they want around them if somebody's listening to that and realizing it, where would you tell people to start? To start, join a local Facebook community page, group, anything like that. That's where I found my first group, my first friends, because it's easy. And if you're looking for female friends, like I joined a girls in Manchester group, which was the city I was living in at the time, because it meant that it was less 
scary for me to be vulnerable in that space. Mm-hmm. There was also a similar Facebook group in Sydney. So there is there are similar Facebook groups all over the place where you can just put in there and go. I remember when I, I lived in Sydney for a while, I put in to this group, I want to go and see this film. And it was just a girls in Sydney group. I had four girls come and watch this movie mm-hmm. with me. Like complete strangers, never met them before at all. But they all happened to want to go and see the same movie and didn't want to go on their own either. So the five of us went to the movies together. And it just gives you that, oh, I'm not alone. So whatever it is, whether it's just you want to go and see a movie. I had a friend for a while who liked wine tasting. And the only thing we did together as a friendship was go wine tasting. And various events across the city where you got to taste wine. And that, again, was from posting in a group, I want to go to this wine tasting. Who wants to come with me? And that was our friendship. We are still good friends. But the majority of our activities are based around wine tasting. And you figured out what's a comfortable ask. Yeah. It's something you like to do and it's a comfortable ask. You already know you like to do it. If you're available, if you can, like you'll probably go. Yeah. So you're just like finding the comfortable asks and then maybe that's just where it stays and maybe it turns into something else. And either way, it's a beautiful friendship. Exactly. Disha, thank you so much. I'm really excited for people to hear this conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I hope it inspires some people to go out there and make friends and just experience the world a little bit more. Yeah. Just put yourself out there. Give it a try. Give it a try. What's the worst that can happen? You're going to die, right? Is that what you say? Yeah. You're not going to die. So what's the worst that can happen? Are you inspired? Because I'm inspired. I know I talk about community and friendship, but... I'm not like some perfect model of how to do this. I listened to today's episode and was inspired to put myself out there a little bit more. I don't know the last time I met somebody in an online community and like suggested a meetup. Normally I meet people in person. I join groups. So maybe I'll give that a try. I will continue to build my own skill set. So whether you feel totally overwhelmed by today's episode because you feel like a beginner or you're like me, you have a pretty solid social situation and you're now making a promise to yourself to push yourself a little bit, whatever it is, I hope that you walk away from this episode and decide to take a small action or two in your life, put yourself out there, be a little uncomfortable and build this muscle that is making new connections. I hope that we all get to a place where we can make the decisions we want in life. We can go do the things we want to do without wondering who we're going to meet there or if we'll be lonely or who's going to help us if something goes wrong because we have enough evidence that we've had no problem building those connections that we need. With that, I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Friendship IRL. I am so honored to have these conversations with you, but don't let the chat die here. Send me a voice message. I created a special website just to chat with you. You can find it at alexalex.chat. You can also find me on Instagram, my handle at itsalexalexander, or go ahead and leave a review wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. 
Now, if you want to take this conversation a step further, send this episode to a friend, tell them you found it interesting, and use what we just talked about as a conversation starter the next time you and your friend hang out. No need for a teary goodbye. I'll be back with a new episode next week.